0: in on the Ranger defense
1: getting sad he may pass drives welcome back I said to Chicago plus the points I am Michael Vale I am joined by another none other than my brother Matthew Vale uh, we are relaunching the podcast we are so excited about it shout out to mama Vale Mary Lisa Vale <laughs> who has been wanting us to do like that. She, she has been wanting us to do that, a version of Mike and Mike for a long time. We're never going to be those legends, but we sure as hell can try. Right, Matt?
0: In, in our own little world. Yep. So thank, thank you mom, for the little bit of a push, but honestly, we talk about this on the phone pretty much on a weekly, almost daily basis, depending on the sports season. So we're going to do it for the, anybody who wants to hear now.
1: I was about to say, this is pretty much going to be a rant that we have on a phone you're right. This is a ranting phone call that we're just recording this time.
0: Uh, exactly. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely, we'll, we'll for sure get into analytics and, and more details, but at the same time, this will be a lot of gut reactions, a lot of, of kind of how we're feeling in the moment.
1: Oh, of course. I mean, look at uh, what does big cat call a dumb football brain? L- listen, dumb, dumb sports ba- fan brain is a real thing and it's, <laughs> it's raw, it's emotional and it's usually wrong. But you know, you know that's how I feel. Like, makes we're, for juicier podcast like feelings. Exactly, exactly. So uh, that being said, the Bears are dead. It's over. It's it's not even. We're not even close to training camp. Like it's usually it takes a game or a bad preseason. It's it's over, and I for, football just ended. It only the Bears could do this. It is unbelievable. We have signed Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Matthew, you is this two thousand six? He's, oh, he's not. the ginger horn frog. That's yeah, that's always that's, how I remember him. Yeah, when did he graduate TCU? No, no clue. No clue.
0: He was before the like the good like uh Boykin years. So I think I'm gonna say early 2010s, but that might be off. No, but it, a, it anyway, is, he, he's he's past his prime. That's that much is certain.
1: Past his prime. And it's like one of those, it's one of those things where it's like. The the guy the the prime wasn't even that look I'm not the prime was okay I, I think we I think most football fans can agree the Dalton prime was okay but it, but calling it a prime is a stretch and a stretch kind of like
0: from Major League most of these guys didn't have a prime it is it Andy is Dalton might fall into that category
1: <laughs> it is it's like the guys I have heard of are way past their prime most of these guys never had a prime. Andy Dalton, if he had a prime, it was never, it was it, it didn't uh it didn't excite anyone enough for ten million dollars. And I gotta tell you, I don't know if Ryan Pace is just trolling us at this point. If he wants to get five like he literally had a one year to prove it, to prove he basically has one, I believe he has one year left on his contract.
0: So let us start with the the simple fact. So now we have two quarterbacks on our on our roster. We have Nick Foles and Andy Dalton. So that's right. Okay. Your, what... your facial reaction kind of says it all. <laughs> so, w- so let's, let's start with just the, the simple question. Who do you think is week one starter for the bears? Assuming the answer is which Nick we Foles. might touch on.
1: We just paid a million dollars to our, to our backup. It's a hundred percent Nick Foles. You're going to ask Andy Dalton a, a backup on his last team. To, who doesn't know the offense? Who does? It, who doesn't know our coaching staff to learn it in a year and be better than Nick Foles? No, the Nick Foles is a hundred percent starter day one. With yeah, this so helps-
0: hopefully we can get get some help in the draft there. Um, unfortunately, anybody we get is going to be too raw. But maybe Nick Foles can kind of be a take him under his wing and be a good transitional year. But I unfortunately with those two people at the
1: helm, I think transitional year is all it's going to be. It's it, It's just so goddamn. You know, you know what scares the crap out of me with this move, Matt? I think he's going to move up in the draft to get a quarterback. <laughs> and to be honest, I, he almost needs to. We don't have a quarterback. This is the Bears. This is the Catholic Church with two popes. We got none. You know? If you got, if you got two quarterbacks, you got zero. Zero. God.
0: We actually have zero quarterbacks instead yeah. of two. Average ones, so okay. If the Bears do jump up, how how high can they go? Because there's no chance they get Lawrence. Probably no chance they get Zach Wilson anymore. So, and, and unfortunately, after that, it it just nobody really like piques your interest to the point of giving up a lot of draft capital to get when we have a lot of other holes.
1: No, no. I I mean, it, this. So I, I don't want fields.
0: Um, maybe Trey Lance from North Dakota State.
1: I would take a tran. I would, I would take a trance. I would take a chance on Trey Lance before Fields. Fields agreed. I don't think he gets, because um, the problem is Ohio State's O line was so good that he didn't get a lot of pressure this year in the Big Ten. In the and when he started to get to the bigger time games, and he was getting pressure, he just looked a little scared. He had a he had a little. Uh, he's he, what's the Sam Darnold line? He was seeing ghosts. I yeah, think he has a little of that in him, and it, it's it, in the NFL level. That's yeah, good. Gonna... And
0: OSU quarterbacks have an horrendous track record. Which Somebody has weird, to be the one to break it. But Terrell Pryor, Cardale Jones, owns it. No, no, nobody really that like lit the world on fire coming out of. And it's funny that Ohio it's weird State. to say
1: that, but you're right. For as many great Ohio State teams as there have been, it's not a ton. Oh, who, who's the guy? that Dwayne Haskins, another bust probably the worst short 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 (laughs) short term bust short term bust might have been might have been the worst of the names you just mentioned i'd i'd say cardale before the way yeah it's just i think they get these guys with just a lot of arm talent but like i i think it's what it is it's when you have no uh when you have a really good offensive line in front of you in college and you don't get a lot of pressure it it, it's i think it's a big shock to these some of these ohio state quarterbacks when they get to the nfl you know it's it's the reason why a lot of big 12 quarterbacks had busted before Mahomes, right? It's when you're in, when you're in an air raid offense, you're never seeing pressure and you're throwing these wide, you're, you're, and you're throwing a hundred times a game and you know, it's, it's not, a, it's the, yeah. But I, honestly,
0: like it's all about getting the ball out of your hand as quick as possible. Cause that's and, and being able to move in the pocket because look at the last three big 12 quarterbacks that really are succeeding right now. Mahomes given. But then look at Baker Mayfield. Looks like he's turning a corner. Oh, yeah. And, and my my guy who I love that I still think is just going to be a rock star is Kyler um, Murray. He Especially now with DeAndre Hopkins. J.J. Watt thinks he's going to be a winner there. So uh, they got something good in Arizona. Kingsbury doesn't fuck it up.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Man. Best looking guy in the NFL, right? Best looking coach in the NFL. He's got that going for
0: him. Best looking house in the NFL, maybe.
1: Dude, his house is awesome. Oh my god, that living room shot where he's just like, where, where That's pretty cool. You know, legs, legs crossed. You're not, you're not a good
0: enough coach yet to display that yet, though.
1: Dude, I've never seen a guy <laughs> fail upwards more than that guy. Like, he's like, he's like, politician level failing upwards. It's insane. Like, did he even have a winning record at tech? I don't think he did. It
0: was like 500 at best.
1: 500 at best in a Big 12 who's been average over the last few I mean, they've had Oklahoma at the top, right? But I mean, it, it's. You had Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. You couldn't even get anywhere with him. Yeah, I, like I said, and maybe he you know, it's easy for me to say, but but yeah. Kingsbury, prove it, prove it to us, man. Come on. But after our, death, our long... I, I, I literally, it's God will not allow us ever, ever to have a good quarterback. Ever. In my lifetime. It's just not going to happen. We might win another 2005 type year where we, our defense is just good enough. So where it's so good, you know the quarterback doesn't matter. But I, I told this to people all the time. If the Bears had drafted, if they had moved up in the draft and gotten Mahomes, and the Chiefs had gotten Mitch, Mitch would be Patrick, and Patrick would be Mitch. I swear to God, the Bears would have ruined Mahomes. He wouldn't. I think
0: it, it. Mahomes wouldn't have become Mahomes, but I think, Trubisky wouldn't have the ceiling of Mahomes, but. Mahomes on the Bears wouldn't have the floor of what Mitch is.
1: But think about what Trubisky had. First of all, Trubisky was much more accurate in college. Okay. He only played no, like Thompson his... games as a starter. I know. I know. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. If you just way, didn't we... drive that Ryan, stupid way, beat up did... truck,
0: we wouldn't be talking about this right now. I know. Or beat up sedan or whatever it was.
1: How... Ryan Pace having a job is. Talk about another guy failing upwards. That guy's. what is he even.
0: 40? Okay. R- R- Ryan Pace, just all, all you need to do. Trade the entire team for Russell Wilson we'll we'll start from there please from the
1: heart of every bears fan seriously i would get let russell a wilson I'd let him name my next kid if he would come to the bears like, this isn't Ryan pace not and again like news is leaking about what we offered the the Seattle Seahawks i guarantee you we off we all <laughs> I think we offered him like a, a backup safety in a Klondike bar. I swear to God, there's no way we went <laughs> after Russell Wilson. I think every Bears fan in the world knew it. There was no way we were getting this guy.
0: Probably not. It, it's. But I, I like to dream because if I don't dream about that, then I have to live with the reality that my starting quarterback will be Nick Foles or Andy Dalton.
1: <laughs> I might just, I might just be a Chiefs fan with you, man. Honestly. Okay. Uh,
0: for, for those of you who don't know, I, I am also a diehard Kansas City Chiefs fan, and I've, I'll give you
1: credit, Matt. You you liked them when they really sucked for a long time. Matthew has yeah. liked them since the Priest Holmes era.
0: Well, they were actually very good in that era. They They, they had a, a one year blip with Priest Holmes and Trent Green and Dante Hall. The Huma Okay, Jones all right. Fans.
1: Calling them really good is also a stretch. Can we? <laughs> hey,
0: they, they were they were thirteen and three that one year in two thousand three.
1: What they do? What they do?
0: They lost to the Colts in the playoffs because yeah. Peyton Manning just loves to beat the Chiefs more than anything man. in life.
1: By the way, Bears have gone 13-3 a couple times. We've gone 10-6 and six twice and not made the playoffs.
0: Yeah, but for, between all the really bad good, quarterback man. play between Casey and the Bears from Damon Hewer, Brody Croyle, old Brady Quinn, uh, uh, Tyler Palco, oh, and then on oh, the man. Bears. Pulling out
1: Tyler Palco. That is... <laughs> That is a name I did not remember until you just said it. That is why. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: Kind of pulled that one out of my ass, but he was a, look it up.
0: He was a quarterback that played for the Chiefs. So. I
1: legitimately, you might've just made that name up. Honestly, Tyler. I might've,
0: I might've made that up, but I do know it is. It exists.
1: I'm looking up Tyler Paco. You keep going. No, but I just want to tell the listeners, you are a real Chiefs fan. You are not a bandwagon fan. Yep.
0: So I, I still will. The, the true. Test if whether you are a true fan of your team or not, if them losing ruins <laughs> your day in any capacity, you are a true fan of that team.
1: Okay, here's problem one with Pal- uh, Palco. Okay, lefty. Also, problem number one right there. Did he go to
0: Iowa? Th- uh, I'm pretty Pitt. sure he went. Looks like Pitt. Okay, I was close. Went to,
1: Pitt- went to Pittsburgh. He's from Imperial, Pennsylvania. He was born to go to Pitt. Tyler Palco. I can't believe he pulled out that name. <laughs>
0: What years did he quarterback for the Chiefs?
1: I'm looking, I'm looking it up right now, real quick. Sorry, sorry about this. Uh, God, he went, to, he went to Pitt for 4, four years, started for Pitt. Chiefs, 2010-2011. Two Let's years ago. Oh, I almost Palco, forgot about
0: Matt Castle. That, that was the guy who took over from the Tyler Palco era.
1: The Tyler Palco era was fun but short. Played eight games total over two years. <sighs> uh, and, by, and I apologize. Of those eight, he only started four. 1-3, 80 completions, not horrible. Uh, six, he completed 60% of his passes, that's also not horrible. Uh, seven interceptions, not great to two, two touchdowns. touchdown interception ratio, not great. Not great. Not great. Uh, so, yeah, again, Tyler Palco, the point of Tyler Palco is you've been a Chiefs fan for quite a while.
0: Yes. So, Chiefs have a quarterback. Uh, we'll, we'll end this with saying Ryan Pace. Please do whatever it takes to get the Bears of color back. That is not the final solution of Andy Dalton, dude. All right, let, let's talk about happier things. We're we're in the month of March, so let's talk about March Madness.
1: It is it is March Madness,
0: and uh, we have a bracket.
1: We have a bracket,
0: a real bracket. Did you print yours out? I did print mine out, dude. And I'm sad. Like- I I am. That's a blank bracket. There is something about just having a physical bracket in your hand. And writing out those teams, Dude, there's
1: and nothing, and then making
0: like three thousand crossouts. Like,
1: no, no, no. So, see, see, here's how I do bracket. I, I, I always print it out like you do. Uh, I haven't filled mine out yet. I'm going to do it tomorrow at work. Apologies if my boss is listening to this. I am going to do it. Lunch break, <sighs> lunch break. Lunch break. Lunch break. By the way, remember when ESPN, uh, and I think they might still have it, where they had that button on your bracket if you were looking at it online where you could press it and just a random spreadsheet would open if your boss was coming. Love it. That was the greatest. Fee- I-, I hope they still don't have think they have that, that anymore. But I don't think they do. Cannot confirm. Yeah, but we'll try to confirm for the next episode. Uh, but please continue.
0: Okay. So for, first, I want to just start with initial bracket thoughts. So first, I want to start with, I think the committee did a pretty good job with getting the teams in the field. So there's really no teams that I thought really got shafted Um, honestly, the sad part is the biggest shaft might've been from COVID keeping Duke out, but the, the best bets, probably they wouldn't have made it anyway, but it is disappointing that they didn't get a shot to prove it.
1: It is. It's hard to ever feel bad for Duke. However, I do tend to agree with you. Um, I was, I obviously just, uh, I have a ton of guys from Louisville that I'm friends with uh, a bunch of them were in my wedding actually. And even they were like, "Yeah, we don't. Louisville was the last team not to make it. And as soon as they lost their, their last conference game, they're like, it's going to be a stretch. So uh, I agree with you that I don't think there were any snubs, especially this year, man. This was, this was a weak, weak. This is one of the weakest brackets I think I've seen. And and it's it cool, well, especially
0: the weakest bubbles too.
1: I, I That's probably the better way of putting it. It's the weakest bubble I have seen in a long time.
0: So what I will say though, is even though I thought, Pretty much all of the 68 teams deserve a spot. I did think there were some <laughs> rather odd seating choices is, is especially just kind of going through it. I, I can't. The first one that jumps out to me is Georgia Tech is a nine seed is just absolutely outrageous Dude, that. And my- honestly, the, their matchup, like Lo- Loyola is uh, is an eight seed. Both of those, I think, just were absolutely under Dude,
1: I was so bummed to see this matchup because I wanted to ride both of those teams way farther than the public, and I couldn't agree with you more, man. Especially Georgia Tech. Because, look, as much as we love Loyola, it's hard to know who they are. Because they their competition is not, is not what Georgia Tech has played this year. And Georgia Tech, and look, people are going to give Georgia Tech a hard time because, you know, they almost won by disqualification. <laughs> but... Uh, but listen, winning the ACC is no small feat. And they got their seeding because they did well enough in the regular season. And they they did not win, beat Florida State by a fluke, man. I mean, Georgia Tech is a problem for a lot of teams. And the other thing that makes me nervous is if, God forbid, they beat Loyola, uh, Illinois is right around the corner. And they easily could take down Illinois, and it's scaring me.
0: Yeah, the, the one thing to their discredit is, is at least looking at Ken Palm, they do not love the Yellow Jackets. They got him ranked at 32nd in the country with a 27, uh, 27th in the nation in offensive efficiency and 52nd in defensive efficiency. And
1: weirdly, Ken Palm loves Loyola. Like, oh, like it's crazy how much they love Loyola.
0: Yeah, I think they're number one in defensive efficiency. He's got now, him at, again, he's got him who, at who nine really in the country. who who are the offenses they're playing? So that that's part of the defensive efficiency number that I don't want to look, make it look too inflated, but their offense is not the best. So that'll be just a fantastic, maybe even the most intriguing opening round game of the, of the entire tournament.
1: It is easily the most other than, and by the way, both bat and I both went to Purdue. So let's throw the Purdue game out other than the Purdue game. It's not, I don't think it's even close. This will be the best game this will easily be the best game of the first round, in my opinion. Like, I, don't, I don't think anything comes close. Uh, they match up well together. Uh, it will be a great defensive battle. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if Georgia Tech's size can overcome Loyola's just, just discipline, man. They're just a disciplined, well-coached, uh, well-rounded team. Yeah, I, and they have no weakness because, I mean, again, it's it's if you look at if you look at Kempom, it's the only thing they're close to last in is luck and tempo. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, honestly, they it, it's a real shame that both of those teams got stuck behind Illinois, who looks like a freight train that can't be stopped. Um, both of those teams have the potential of uh, the upside to stop them, but um, they they might be one when it done at best. But I I guess kind of along those lines, um, let's, since we are a Chicago sports podcast, uh, let's look at our, um, let's look at our local teams first. So unfortunately, Illinois did not do great this year. Real real quick,
1: before we, before we leave, who wins Loyola Georgia Tech for you?
0: I'm going to go Georgia Tech. I think they're, and it might be just name brand, dumb brain thinking, but I mean, ACC tournament champions is nothing to sneeze at. At, they play an aggressive style defense that I I really like. Uh, jo- Josh Passner is like a really really likable coach and is going to get his guys fired up. Um, they got the uh, a- ACC uh, Player of the Year here, so um, in Moses Wright, I I think the, the Jackets are probably a good bet. And um, do you actually have their uh, the odds on that game?
1: Loyola opened as a two and a half point favorite. I think that's an and, excellent and,
0: and, bet for Georgia Tech. Maybe and now, Loyal, and by the way,
1: Loyola's taking sharp money. They're they're at three now, and it's sharp money because the betting the 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 bet percentage is for fifty four percent Georgia Tech. So it's actually pretty even betting percentages, and they're still moving the line. That means money they respect is coming in on Loyola, which is crazy to me. I I, I saw what you saw, man. Which is Georgia Tech's a mean team, and I think they're underrated too, and they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder because. I, I think them being underdogs in Vegas, there's zero chance their coaches aren't telling them that every day until this game.
0: So the only thing that worries me about that is for that exact meat, meat brain, as we'll call it, it, is that everybody sees, oh, wow, Georgia Tech, is, Georgia Tech is a team that just won the ACC tournament to play in the much bigger conference, and they're hot right now, oh, and they're playing this tiny team out of Missouri Valley.
1: No, because and here's why I'm gonna say no. Loyola's already had great tournament success, and the public's gonna remember that, and that's why they're betting them. Matt, they're they're only getting forty. Uh, Georgia Tech's only getting fifty four percent of the bets.
0: That's surprising. You know,
1: exactly. Like if this was Duke, I would imagine you're something that you just described would happen, which is Duke gets eighty percent of the bets and the line doesn't move, right? But right? the line has moved towards Loyola despite getting a slightly, basically getting half the bets, right? most of the bets are going to come in. Uh, most of the public bets actually are going to come in closer to game time. Right? So the, the, the big money that's coming in right now is, is mostly not public money. It's mostly going to be sharp money. So the sharps have spoken. They're mostly split, but for whatever reason, they're, they're keeping the line close to two and a half, three. So. Uh,
0: okay. Honestly, one very, this might be very insignificant, but one thing that might be the Loyola's advantage is, Um, Unlike a lot of other years where you're usually playing at bigger venues, like NBA type venues, this game's actually going to be played in Hinkle Fieldhouse. So Butler's home stadium, which is like a tiny 8,000 foot stadium or square foot or seat stadium, I believe. So that, that might be one underlying advantage to Loyola that they're used to playing in smaller gyms. So they might have a tiny backdrop advantage in that one.
1: That's, that's actually a really good point, Matt. And uh, I never, I actually didn't think about that. Um, and it will be, I think it'll be important, especially if you're betting these games um, from a total standpoint, pay attention to which gyms they're in. And I agree with you, those smaller gyms have weird sight lines for a lot of these bigger teams and they tend, and I, to, they tend to, I'm interested
0: to see how the the game's being played in Lucas oil with that huge, huge backdrop. And you're going from there to, Playing in an 8,000 seat Butler Stadium.
1: I agree, and I I think for that particular game, the under is something you definitely need to look at. It's going to be a low total because Loyola plays at the pace of molasses, but
0: and they're not very good offensively. And Georgia Tech's a good defensive team as well.
1: Yeah, and by the way, the total opened at 127 and a half. It's down to 125 and a half. So uh, that the money one, agrees. the The money agrees. So uh, that was a very good point uh, that you just made there, Matt. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, do you want to move on to Illinois? Is that the team you're going to talk about next?
0: So the um, just to kind of round back to Loyola. So <clears throat> um, just to talk about our Illinois teams, um, obviously they're scrunched together pretty tight, but uh, Loyola, I my best case scenario for them overall is I actually think they have a decent shot to make the final four. So the reason I say that, and it is a bit of a stretch because we literally just talked about how I think they're probably going to lose to Georgia Tech, but honestly, I would not be shocked if they beat Georgia Tech. And uh, honestly, just it, playing Illinois will just – it'll be a weird game. And Illinois is on fire playing as good as anybody, but it, it would not shock me as much as I would think for them to beat Illinois. And then any team coming out of that Tennessee, Oklahoma State, Oregon State doesn't scare you. Tennessee has been not playing very good as a late Oklahoma state's got some question marks um, most notably with Cade Cunningham, like how healthy he'll be. And then the bottom half of the bracket, West Virginia and Houston are probably your best two out of there. And it's not the most surprising thing if they were to make it that far, really, if they make it past Illinois, I watch out for them.
1: So I, you talking about West Virginia or Houston? Loyola. Loyola. So I agree with you. I, I don't, the rest of the bracket does not impress me at all. So I, whoever comes out of this um, second round matchup, you know, between these three teams, I agree. That's your final four team, And it could be, it could be any of the agreed, and none of them would surprise me. I Uh, agree with that.
0: Agreed. So, So let's move to the other side of that matchup. Then let's go to Illinois. They will not lose to Drexel. They're playing as good as any team in the country right now. And a little bit of a spoiler, but I actually have them as my champion. So for those of you who may have listened to my best podcast um, before the Big Ten tournament, I did pick Baylor. Um, In that time frame, Baylor lost to Oklahoma State and Illinois ended up winning the entire tournament. Uh, Partially why I like Illinois better, um, just easier bracket that we kind of talked about. And I won't go into all the details because I want to save a little bit of that for the end but I think best case scenario for Illinois that they're lifting the trophy and party like we should have been doing in 2005.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Look, it, it, there's, there's not much to be said about Illinois other than first of all, super fun to watch. I mean, uh, they, 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 they can shoot from outside. They got big guy, big guys uh, in the front court that can just ham, hammer it into the basket and they're unselfish. They'll pass the ball. Uh, it is the best, best Illinois team I've seen since their, uh, uh, since, uh, God, what that has been so long now, uh, 2005, 2005, isn't that crazy that de- it doesn't, it doesn't seem so that long ago, but it really is, man.
0: Yeah. It's still maybe it's one six- of the best basketball games or at least last five minutes of a basketball game. You'll ever see the Illinois comeback versus Arizona in the. Oh. That, that was the elite eight, right? Or was that, that was the team? elite eight
1: because then they go play, I believe Louisville in that final four. And then obviously they lose to, to North, North Carolina, Carolina in the finals. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is by far been the, the best Illinois team I've seen since then. And, and they, they enter a relatively weak, weaker tournament than typical. So it just sucks that they have such a strong second game.
0: Yeah. And especially after playing, not really even a tune-up game versus Drexel. So whoever wins that Loyola Georgia Tech matchup will just really have that like intense basketball ready to go for two days later.
1: And is that second game also in the Butler gym? Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, that makes me nervous, man. I just, Illinois, Illinois used to play in a big gym, oh, man.
0: Actually ju- just looked it up for surprisingly it's at Luke Soil stadium. So oh, okay. I'm going to have to really pay attention to those.
1: Yeah. That's again, from a betting standpoint, I think that's super important. It will get less important as the tournament goes on, but at least for these first two games, Changing gyms is a big deal, especially for the total. Um, so, so Illinois, is we like out of that um, bracket. Let, let's go to the West. Let's Let's go to the top of the bracket. Um, this might be the easiest cakewalk I've ever seen for a one seed in a tournament ever. If Gonzaga doesn't make the final four. uh Do you have the odds
0: on that for them to make the final four? It has to be stupidly low. I, if, let me put it this way. 200. What,
1: what would you make it if you were making those odds?
0: Honestly, it might be minus 250, 300.
1: I was thinking, I was thinking like 275. I'd go right in the middle. Like it's, I would not bet 300. I would not bet 300 to win a hundred for that to happen. I would probably bet 200. I really would. It's, um, it's, it's, it's laughably easy. I mean, they're going to, they're going to face winner of Oklahoma, Missouri.
0: Two teams very much struggling.
1: Very much struggling. They'll play the then either Virginia, who's got COVID issues, uh, Cre- Creighton or Santa Barbara, who, and a lot of people are picking Santa Barbara to upset. Uh, and then the bottom of the brackets, Iowa, who uh, was really struggling in the Big Ten tournament. So, uh, it's just
0: I keep an eye on Iowa. So, um, it, at least to note on Iowa, they. Obviously, have everybody knows their offense. Everybody knows Luca Garza. Um, They got excellent outside shooters, shooters in uh, Wee's camp. And their defense um,
1: is just so bad, though.
0: Their defense scares me so much. And and honestly, like they have the ceiling to compete with anybody, but their their defense, I actually think, has them upset prone to either Oregon or maybe even USC,
1: especially Oregon because Oregon just got healthy before before the tournament and. I think uh, it was their point guard that had been hurt all year, and, um, the, the, or that had been hurt for a little while. And since he's come back, they've done so much better. So, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not going to get creative with this bracket. I think Gonzaga comes out. I think they got a great chance to win it all. Um, not a really hot take there.
0: No, um, at least in that bracket, some upsets. Mike, like you alluded to, you see Santa Barbara, I love them against Creighton. Um, very bizarre upset. Um in the big east final against Georgetown. But at, at the same time, they they just had some uh issues with their coach, uh saying some inappropriate comments, and they they say lost the least, some weird to say the
1: least. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean they lost some weird games in the big east. They already lost to Georgetown before they lost to Xavier. They did beat Villanova at full strength, but at the same time, they got a lot of question marks and um Right now, UC Santa Barbara. Yes, they have not played anybody, but they're eighteen and one um, in their last nineteen games, and that should mean something.
1: Yeah, and like, and yeah, like you said, they're facing a train wreck in Creighton right now. So again, wouldn't be surprised if they made it out. I I keep, I keep seeing the line go down on Ohio Virginia. I know Virginia had. Uh, I think Ohio opened up at plus ten to Virginia, and since uh, again, since the COVID news was coming out it's down to seven and a half on that line. If that got to seven, six and a half, I, I would almost consider firing on Virginia. I Virginia, Look, what Virginia does very well is first of all, their coat, they, they have one of the best coaches in the country. And second, they're just really well. And because of that great coaching, they're well-disciplined and they're deep. So I, even if they have a few starters out, I, I'm not sure what people are seeing in this Ohio team, to be honest.
0: What they're seeing is J- Jason Preston. Honestly, he, he does everything. He, he averaged 16 points, seven rebounds and seven assists a game. Um, they, they got a really balanced offense and, and, um, I actually wrote about it in, in an article. It might've even been my first big 10 power rankings. They took Illinois down, um, in Champaign. They, and they only lost by two points. So they, they played the the elite competition, but to me, Virginia is, one of the most frustrating teams, Mike. I know you like to, to bet them over the last couple of years before they won, but they're they're one of those teams that could literally make a Final Four run. You wouldn't be surprised, but their just uh, offensive inefficiency is just is just gonna kill them. And if they this sl- for the slow pace that they play, if Preston can get hot, uh,
1: Virginia is not gonna be able to keep up offensively. So, the first thing you should know about me. Talking about Virginia is you should never listen to my opinion on Virginia. Matt, Matt, is, Matt is, right. I I had about a three year span where I picked Virginia to win the tournament every year, and the, these were the years where Virgi- Virginia was winning the, AC, the ACC, and they were going. You know, they were only in two games a year, and two years in a row they lost to Michigan State in early rounds, and uh, they, I forgot who they lost to that other year, but yeah, I, I'm terrible pick of Virginia. The one year they win it all when they beat. When they beat Purdue on maybe the worst game I've ever seen. Uh, I obviously did not pick them that year. Uh, So, my opinion on Virginia is usually bad. However, however.
0: You were eventually right about them.
1: I was eventually right.
0: Like Ryan Uh, Tannehill.
1: Just like (laughs) like Ryan Tannehill. My family gives me so much crap. I I kept being on that Ryan Tannehill bandwagon way before (laughs) he got to Tennessee. And everybody can just suck it because I was right about Ryan Tannehill. Very efficient. Doesn't need to throw... (laughs) doesn't need to put up the stats, just needs to get his team wins. And that's what he does. Okay, back back to basketball. (laughs) Back (laughs) to basketball. Uh, If you you could trust one team to shut a star player down, who would it be in the country defensively? I would pick Virginia. They'd certainly be in the top three on that list, right? Agreed. So I trust them to shut down Ohio Superstar, even if they're shorthanded. yeah, I I know Ohio I think there's gonna be a lot of brackets with this usCB Ohio matchup and I'm just telling you I think Virginia's gonna clock them I really do I have a feeling they win that by double digit, double digits and cover the original spread so uh, look for that spread to keep coming down and I, I'm telling you guys if that comes in the sixes I'd fire I'd fire that fire fire away on that um let's move to the East Matt uh what do we do with Michigan monitor isaiah
0: livers as closely as possible honestly he is your key to for how far michigan can go and we we saw it in the ohio state game is they they really missed him at the end of the game because he's their do everything hunter dickinson's amazing uh franz wagner excellent player here they got a they got a lot of other pieces around him. play excellent defense uh great in both offensive and defensive efficiency so they can they can still make the final four without him but LSU, St. Bonaventure, they're going to beat them. When when you get past that matchup, so you're looking at Sweet 16, Elite 8, you're most likely playing either Colorado or Florida State. Both of those teams would scare me if I'm Michigan, especially if Michigan is still shorthanded. And then, honestly, two sneaky teams that um, I see Texas getting a lot of love, but, honestly, Alabama, too. Even straight up, either all five of those teams maybe could beat or all six of those teams, excuse me, could beat Michigan, I think.
1: Well, do you agree? I think this is the toughest. Re- I think this is the toughest bracket. Of the the, t-
0: the toughest one to pick a, a winner out of the region, in my opinion, at least.
1: No, I, I think it's the most talented. I, I think there's landmines um, everywhere. Yeah.
0: I mean, okay, even that I, second I can...
1: matchup. L- I mean, LSU almost took should by the way should have taken down Bama in their championship game. Bonaventures always that weird uh, a weird team, and that they're you know the Bonneys. The bo- they're the Bonnies, man. They, they 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 um they don't scare me. I think LSU wins that matchup, but if if Bonaventure beats LSU, they're they're good. Okay, LSU is not a bad team. So and then you got. I, I I don't think Colorado or Georgetown are good at all. So that that doesn't scare me. But Florida State's a real Florida State's a really good team. Colorado, now,
0: number one free throw shooting team in the country. Watch out,
1: dude! Florida State being a four seed shocked me. I thought they'd easily be a three.
0: I like Florida State. I, I got almost, them going to the Elite Eight.
1: They almost won the ACC, and they and they had to win games. They didn't do it by default like Georgia Tech <laughs> did. Okay, not to dig at Georgia Tech, um, but I and then and then we talked about Texas. I know that's I'm going to be very non. I like to be contrarian. I, unfortunately, that is not this year for me. I think Texas gets out of this bracket. I think Shaka Smart's finally going to do it. Ten years to the day that he brought VCU there, it's going to be really? awesome. Yeah, I don't. To the, I don't know if it's to the day, but it's ten years ago. Ray brought VCU to the Final
0: Four. So actually, te- Texas over Florida State's my elite, uh, my final pit four uh, lead eight pick out of that region too.
1: Yeah, so I, I I think Texas gets out of there. I Bama I think just has the same problem as Iowa where they just they break down defensively way too often and although their offense is fantastic, I just when they go up against a better coached team like Texas is, I just think they're going to struggle. So, but that being said, I don't I don't see a way Michigan gets out of this. I really don't. Even cuz even if he comes back Matt, I don't think he's going to be 100%, you know. Agreed. So, and they got just, and it's even if, even if Michigan was a hundred percent and they were perfect, there's, there's just a lot of landmines. Not a
0: sure thing either.
1: It's not a sure thing. I would only give them a 30% chance to get out, even if they were fully healthy. So my most confident bet, if you could give me the yes, no on Michigan to get to the final four, I would take the no all day. Agreed. So that's my uh, position on that part of the, part of the bracket. Let's go to the last one, Matt. Let's go to the South. Uh, That's the Baylor side.
0: Okay, also, let's, let's let's actually, no. Purdue you first. know
1: what? Purdue side. It's the Purdue side. Purdue side. Purdue side of the bracket. Baylor happens to be the one seed, so we'll talk about Baylor first. Um, they got a they got a tough eight nine matchup too. Uh, yeah,
0: honestly, both two teams that I also thought were underseeded.
1: I disagree with you on one of them because I honestly my if you gave me one best bet to give out, it'd be North Carolina over Wisconsin, and I believe the line is one and a half right now. I'm going to check that to make sure. Um, But, but North Carolina under a basket, I I think Wisconsin is one of those teams that, that can, they'll always play tough defense, but uh, when their scoring options go away, they're done. They, they, they have scoring jobs that make Purdue look like Gonzaga. It's insane.
0: So um, let's, I actually, I'm going to disagree with you. I actually like Wisconsin in this matchup a lot. Really? For for a couple of reasons. So I did point out numerous times in my articles in power rankings that Wisconsin struggles mightily against, um, against the elite competition in the, uh, with the four teams that finished above them, Uh, five teams, excuse me. Um, They did not beat a single one of them. UNC is not better than any of those five teams that finished above them. Not better than Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, or Purdue, um, or Ohio State, excuse me. So, Wisconsin beat up every other team that was not one of those five teams. And another sneaky look where you're playing, this game is going to get played at Mackey Arena. Wisconsin plays there a decent amount. They ha- But funny enough, they actually have terrible luck against Purdue and Mackey Arena. But it is a gym they're very familiar with. Um, it's And also, I love senior-led teams. Um, they got five, uh, I believe four or five main seniors. Uh, Demetrius Trice is one of the best scorers in the Big Ten. And Greg Gard, I always thought he was a really underrated coach, but I think he's going to have his seniors ready to go for a t- team that usually does pretty good in the tournament, as in Wisconsin.
1: What do you want to bet on this, dude? North Carolina is going to, they're going to cream them. They're, they're going to cream. Uh, Do you see Wisconsin getting, Do do you see them winning the rebound battle? Let's start there. No, no, no. And I I think it's that simple. If North Carolina wins the rebound battle, especially on the offensive end, it's over. It's over. North Carolina doesn't even have to shoot well in Mackey to win this game. And we've known for a fact, Wisconsin's horrible in Mackey arena. Like you, you pointed it out they they can't shoot they can shoot Mackey Arena when they're playing Purdue man now they're playing a team they're not used to and North Carolina was getting hot at the end of the year we honestly do i thought they could have made a they run in the tournament if they if they, you know if they didn't have the duke situation where they're turning uh where they have covid issues um it's just uh yeah i, I just i it's more of an anti-wisconsin play I, when you i think they're playing up in talent in this game uh they're it, it and again i'm only i'm only need to cover one and a half points so i'll wager you a six pack of your favorite beer or whatever you like but uh, this one i like a lot
0: deal we'll, we'll we'll make we'll make it official off air sounds good man <laughs> sounds good okay so mo- moving down the, the bracket a little bit uh winthrop villanova um i think this is another popular upset pick for a lot of people which i'm gonna agree with winthrop is 23 and one they have lost one game exactly all year. And, of course, not, not the best um, not the best competition they've played, but I think they're just catching Villanova at a really good time. Uh, really, really terrible news about Colin Gillespie. Uh, mm-hmm. Villanova is a team that could have made a run this year, um, but get, Colin Gillespie is their best player. Um, he was the heart and soul of that team. And I, I think they're just going to be kind of hanging their heads a little bit. And a very, very good Winthrop team, I think, is going to pull that 12 5 upset that everybody looks for.
1: Yeah, that, that one, I it'll be really close. And I think the spread's about the spread on that game, six and a half. I think that's about right. I think Villanova wins, but I think it's barely. Winthrop's going to put up a fight. And if they won, wouldn't shock me in the, latest, in the, in, in the least. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you had a pretty good analysis there. Um, I don't know much about North Texas to be honest, but if Purdue loses to North Texas, I, I'm gonna, Purdue will
0: not lose to North Texas. I will
1: be very sad, be very <laughs> sad, very sad about uh, about that. And to be honest, if we don't make it to a game against Baylor or North Carolina, I will be very sad because this should be a perfect setup for Purdue to make the Sweet Sixteen. It really should. We got a relatively favor uh, a favorable draw to say the least. Agreed. Um, and you know, with Purdue. You know, I, a year too early. it's a year too early. I think you and I agree. I, I don't think this is tough to say. I think if North Carolina, because I think North Carolina is going to beat Wisconsin, if North Carolina could beat Baylor, I, I think we match up. I think we match up decent with North Carolina. But if God, if we, I don't think we could beat Baylor. I hate to say it. I hope I'm wrong. No,
0: Baylor, Baylor's really good.
1: But Baylor, Baylor, this, this, this breaking news: Baylor is really good. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, and I, I think we can. Thankfully, their defense isn't great. He, um, I think they lost a little step, like when they were, had their big COVID leave. But their offense is night and day better than Purdue. We still have scoring droughts, even with the emergence of Zach Eady and uh, Jaden Ivy. But at the same time, ba- Baylor's hands down the better team, I, I think should take care of Purdue. I, in this I think you team. mentioned
1: a very important point, Matt, because Purdue will go through a scoring drought. We always do. And I think Zach Edie is the key to that. So when in the past, when Purdue's had big scoring droughts, we always go to our big men to get us out of the scoring droughts. And the, and Edie has such a size advantage and he played so well in his last, I'll call it maybe three games. Wisconsin is when he really broke out. That Wisconsin game was incredible.
0: Well, actually where, where he broke out was in the, uh, the tournament down in Florida at the beginning of the year. He, he won uh, big 10 freshman of the week in that first week of the year.
1: Yeah. But then he went then he, really, he went he really called. quiet yeah. for a long time. So I'm talking about, I'm talking about when he broke out in big 10 play against really against good competition. I know I just bashed Wisconsin a bunch, but that I'm not calling Wisconsin. Wisconsin's not a bad team. It, it was more of just they're not North Carolina level,
0: and they've been disappointing all the year. They they were supposed to be co- in competition for right. winning the Big Ten, and it, they they didn't even come close.
1: It's more of an underachieving t- team than a than a bad team. So That's correct. But when Edie, Edie broke out in the last few games, and if we get that Edie, that takes out a big Achilles heel of Purdue, which is the scoring droughts. Because if we get in a small one, we can dump it to Edie, we uh we we can drive to the basket. And that should open up that should open up the outside for us. So I'm 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 quietly excited. I and think Baylor could get upset in that second round by either Wisconsin or North Carolina. If we if we play with Baylor, I don't think we have a shot, unfortunately. But if we play, if somebody can take down Baylor before we get to him, I think we got a great shot. And Winthrop is I don't think over or Winthrop's gonna take us down. So
0: no. I will throw that out there against Baylor. Um, They have by far and away maybe the best guard trio in the league between Butler, Teague, and uh, Davian Mitchell. But we have the size advantage on them. So especially if uh, Painter uh, is able to put Travion Williams and Zach Eady on the floor at the same time, we actually could dominate the inside as as long as we could play good perimeter defense against the number one three-point shooting team in the league. Still, let me reiterate, do not think we will beat Baylor but I actually think we might be able to match up with them. Okay.
1: I, man, I, I, I love your confidence. I don't think it'll happen, but you know what?
0: Baylor over Purdue in the sweet 16. We'll, we'll make that easy. I I think Uh,
1: Purdue, Purdue in the sweet 16 is a very, let's go to the
0: second half of the South bracket.
1: It is a realistic goal and, and it'll make a very fun elite eight game or sorry, a very fun sweet 16 game bottom of the bracket. To be honest, Matt, You know, I, 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 other than, other than Oral Roberts and Colgate, I think any team can come out of that bottom half. Texas tech wouldn't surprise me. They're scrappy team play. low. Florida,
0: Virginia tech will not come out of that. Honestly, Ohio state has a very easy road. I think to the elite eight, they might get tripped up by either Texas tech, Arkansas, or maybe even Utah state. But I think Ohio it's looking like a one, two matchup. What's the, um, what's that line in the Arkansas Colgate game? I think that might be an interesting play.
1: Uh, Arkansas Colgate is a, uh, it's pretty close. Actually, Arkansas is eight minus eight and a half.
0: Okay. If that gets bumped up anymore, they, the Colgate's they're similar to Winthrop. They, they only lost one game all year. It is weird that they've only played 15 games total. So that makes me a little bit nervous. They really haven't played anybody that good, but The other thing I like is that they're a fast paced team, slow, slow place, slow paced teams that are on the lesser talent wise don't excel very well. But if you're a faster paced team, you actually can do pretty well and they might be able to keep up with Arkansas.
1: Yeah. Well, Arkansas is definitely going to be that team that you're playing Arkansas's game. If you're going to go up tempo like that. So, um, it wouldn't Again, nothing would really surprise me out of this bracket. I know you're kind of banging Virginia Tech and Florida. I don't think they're great teams, Matt, but...
0: No, Flor- Florida lost their their best player, th- so they're, they're going to be without Keontae Johnson. So I, I don't think Florida's going to do anything. And um, VT's been uh, damaged by COVID, so uh, neither one of those teams, I think, is maybe at full strength they could challenge Ohio State but I think Ohio state walks into the sweet 16.
1: Yeah. I just, I, there's just something about Ohio state that just, it just, I I don't, I just don't love them. And I can't really explain it. Uh, Statistically, they have a very good offense, but I just, the eye test that they go through scoring droughts too. And uh, you know, and maybe it's my, I'm biased because Purdue beat them twice. And by the way, should have beaten them that third time uh, in the tournament. Mm So because if look if I was looking at if replace Ohio State with Purdue for a second, okay, Purdue
0: Purdue walks to the Sweet Sixteen. Two
1: seed. Florida or Virginia Tech surprise you at all? No. And Purdue beat Ohio State twice, once easily. And we and we nearly came back. We had a fourteen point comeback uh, in the Big Ten tournament against them. So you know it's just. Again, as a, a Ohio State just doesn't. When I'm looking at a two seed, I'm looking I'm looking for a dominant, dominant two seed, and Ohio State just doesn't dominate a lot of teams. Uh, they the most of their wins, they won a lot of games in the Big Ten, but they were close wins. They were down at the wire, and they they play a lot of games that way. And I just that's 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 you're not in the in the in the dance. Anything can happen if you're playing close games like that. So their defense
0: does scare me, but at, at the same time, Florida and Virginia Tech don't scare me. Arkansas might be an interesting matchup because Arkansas offense should be able to take full advantage of Ohio state's mediocre defense. So I would not be shocked in the slightest if Arkansas upset them to go, the lead eight,
1: by the way, just for grants, Oral Roberts has a great offense. Okay. I'm not look, Oral Roberts is not going to beat Ohio state, but, but I got to tell you, I mean, they're, they, they got to play some good offenses coming to this tournament. Um, and and again, it's like I look at the rest of this bracket. Utah State wouldn't surprise me. They were the last. Were they officially the last team in Utah State?
0: Pretty close, if they weren't.
1: Yeah, um, I love Texas Tech, but it wouldn't surprise me if Utah State came out of that bracket. I think the winner of that Texas Tech Utah State game make makes it to the game against Baylor. I I, I really I, yeah I do. that's a bold I just, prediction. I, I like it. I, I think the winner that I I have no idea who wins that game. So I'm not. It's not the boldest predictions, but. I I like, I really like both of those teams. They, uh, they, very, very disciplined, well-rounded teams, uh, senior, uh, senior and junior laden. Uh, you like those experiences. And let me
0: actually touch on that point. That makes a lot of sense. What, what Michael said makes a lot of sense that either Texas tech or Utah state have the potential to make it to the elite eight, but that first round scares you like hell. And if you're trying to win one of, if you're trying to win your office pool bracket, you need points. So even though Ohio state might not excite you, it like, it might not be like, it's going to be a very Homer pick if you will. But at the same time with Ohio state's very, very easy path, they're a lot more likely to come out than even Arkansas who might struggle against either one of those Texas tech or Utah or shit, even Colgate, maybe.
1: Exactly. And to be honest, you made a great point in my bracket pools. I'm, I'm almost certainly going to be picking Gonzaga. For that exact reason. I just think their path is so easy that the risk of picking them is just so low. And I think a lot of people are going to, I, I think less people will pick Gonzaga to win it all than you think. I, I just think there's, they're just not the sexy pick this year. Cause they're not, uh, they aren't just getting a lot of pr- as much press as these other teams, you know? Well, like, And
0: I think people are nervous to pick that number one overall seed. I think you want to have like a little bit of, yeah, like... people are
1: trying to do something a little, a little different, a little, a little, uh uh a uh, little interesting and i
0: But me- sometimes it's just best not to overthink it. So i I, think I, w- I will a say bracket. And, and yeah and i think that's what it boils down to is yeah. so let, let's let's actually talk about our final four with that. So Mike you want to kick us off what what's your final four and your champion?
1: Sure. So my my final four is going to be Gonzaga, uh Texas, Baylor, and I'm going to pick Illinois. Uh, those are be my four. So I'm gonna have three number ones and and a three and a three seed in my final. four.
0: And unfortunately, that's that's my exact final four. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay.
1: We're so ba- yeah. we're so basic.
0: Yeah, but I I think we're in agreement. The biggest toss up by a landslide is that East region. Um, and sa- same thing with kind of what we talked about with that Illinois Georgia Tech Loyola pod. Whoever comes out of that one, I think has a great shot. Yeah, I mean, don't overlook Houston. Like they. They've had an excellent year. I'm um, overlooking. By, I'm overlooking. By the, Houston. I'll, by I'll, the same I'll logic, I wouldn't overlook Alabama. I think they have a very good potential to come out of that East region. But I, I think we're kind of in consensus who our four are. So um, my, my final pick would will be Gonzaga versus Illinois. And I, like I said to start out the podcast, um, I think Illinois, they're peaking at the right time. They got arguably the best player in the country in Iota Sumu. Um, they, they just got an absolute monster down low in Kofi Um, And maybe the what's really helped him turn the corner is the, the breakout play of freshman Andre Carbello. Um, so since he's turned a corner, uh, he's been firing off almost 15 points a game. And I think he could be that really X factor that helps Illinois cut down the nets in Indianapolis.
1: I love it. I hope you're right. And let's end it there. I think that was a great first episode, Matt, and uh, hope to keep doing this with you. And uh, can't thank you guys enough for listening. Uh, Chicago Plus the Points is back.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Michael.
1: Thank you.